Welcome to the Custom Build Marketing Podcast, the business and marketing podcast for home builders and trades. We're your hosts, Jason and Annalise. Jace is an ex-chippy turned web developer, and he's married to me. We started our digital agency, Custom Build Marketing, and this podcast to help you navigate the minefield and sharks of the digital marketing world. We'll be bringing you interviews with business owners who've been there and done that, as well as marketing and business tips from us and other industry pros. So turn us up, chuck us in your skyrocket, settle in, and let's do this. Our guest today is Warwick Bidwell, or Woz. Woz is a tradie business coach and veteran podcaster. He's the man behind Tradie Wingman and co-founder of Tradies in Business. Woz has over a decade's involvement in business coaching and mentoring and now works exclusively with tradies to help them get off the tools and into true business ownership. Welcome, Woz. Thanks, Annalise. That was really well done. Oh, that is that is way better than I do intros for guests on my show. <laughs> I, I doubt it, but, but I'll take the compliment. Thanks. Well, I learned, I learned years ago that the best person to do the intro wasn't me. It was actually the guest. So I just, it's a little bit of laziness too, I think. Uh, no, leverage. Leverage is the right <laughs> word. So I just like to leverage that and uh, say, so, you know, you know yourself best. You introduce yourself. Well, here you <laughs> go. And that gets me out of doing it. <laughs> Well, how about, awesome. how about we launch into you and you can tell us a little bit about yourself, Was What's your yeah, right. background for those who don't know you? Cool, cool. So, uh, look, thanks, thanks for uh, having me on the show too. Uh, always great to be on other podcasts. I get so used to being the host um, and I'll probably try and take over today. So, just, uh, <laughs> just tell me if Perfect. I'm taking over. I'll be happy. But, uh, yeah, look, I guess my story started with my mum and dad. No. I, I grew up as the son of a builder. I wanted to go on the tools with my dad and, uh, you know, I'd hung out with him. I'm the oldest son. So I'd hung, hung around with my dad on building sites and jobs and labored for him as I sort of got old enough to carry around the tools. And, and I wanted to be a builder. My whole family were all tradies and uh, it was either that or a motor mechanic. My, one of my grandfathers was a motor mechanic and pretty close to him. And I really liked the idea of working on cars because I loved cars and uh, engines and stuff. So at 15, I was ready to leave school and go and do a trade. Uh, and you know, this is back in the back in the 80s. But anyway, it was a while ago for all, for all of the uh, younger listeners. That was pre-internet. So, uh, but my dad had other ideas. He, his experience of being a tradie was working his guts out, not having much money and just being physically broken all the time. And so he didn't want that for me. I was actually really good at school, although I hated it. And uh, so academically, I, I had some talents. I think I got that from my mum. And so they encouraged me, made me, threatened me <laughs> to go to university. So I ended up studying business. I majored in accounting. Absolutely detested that whole thing. Hey? I lasted about 15 months out in the real world as a, as a commercial accountant, but my first job was with CSR Building Products. And I went from that to a sales rep job in the building industry as a building rep. So I did that for about six years, ditched the whole accounting thing. My mum actually cried when I rang her to tell her. It's like, mom, I got this new job. She's like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, I'm a sales rep. I'm repping to the building industry. And she literally cried because <laughs> I'd just thrown away, you know, three years of university and you know, that whole uh, idea of me wearing a suit and making lots of money. And I just hated it. I wanted to be outside. I wanted to be on, on building sites. So anyway, did that for a while. I fell into financial planning. I had my own financial planning firm for about eight years. More study. You know, got a bunch of qualifications there. 
And 11, 12 years ago now, I put a coach on in my financial planning business because I was busting my hump. I was working 60 hours a week. I was making a pretty average sort of a wage for that. Like, you know, it wasn't big bucks for the amount of time I was putting in. Had a lot of staff, a lot of stress. Yeah, my business partner and I interviewed a bunch of coaches and we put this one guy on. He charged us a heck of a lot of money and we made a lot of changes. And after a few months, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I actually think I'd like to give this a go. So I talked about it. I thought about it. I went to a conference in the US and I decided that's what I wanted to do. And uh, yeah, sold out of the financial planning business, sold my shares back to my partners and started out just as the GFC hit with a brand new business, <laughs> no clients, no income and just hustled to make it happen. And, you know, I, I won a bunch of awards back in the day and, and got heaps of clients on and got great results. And yeah, about five years ago, I realized I was, I was pretty much working with tradies anyway. So I thought it makes sense just to work with the people that I, that I like, that I hang out with on weekends. You know, all my mates are tradies. Uh, I'm a CrossFitter. So there's a lot of tradies that, that CrossFit. Yeah. So it's been awesome. I love it. And I get to talk real language you know i don't have to watch my p's and q's like i'm watching today <laughs> you don't have to watch them it's all right it was yeah. we've got the same audience yeah so uh so yeah that's kind of the genesis to you know how i came to to be doing what i'm doing with tradies and i think having that trade background i feel like i understand what goes on on a building site or when you're plumbing i mean i do heaps of that stuff myself anyway i've renovated a couple of houses you know i i I like to do all those things in my spare time. I don't have to do it for a job, which to be honest, I think would actually suck. And I'm kind of glad my dad made me go to uni. But yeah, I sort of, I think I get it um, as well as the business stuff. You know, I can read a profit and loss and I can look at a balance sheet and analyze a bunch of data and all the boring stuff that you know, everyone hates doing. And, uh, but, but I can sort of, you know, understand both of those things. I think that's probably one of my, my strengths. Yeah, great. Definitely having that financial planning side. Yeah. And just that wealth creation focus, you know, like why are people in business? I think people lose sight of that a lot of the time. It's like, what the hell are you in business for? You know, you're you're slaving your guts out. You're barely making any money. Why don't you just go work for someone else? Oh, I want the flexibility and the freedom. It's like, yeah, but you don't have any of that. So you make a hundred G's, you know, going and working as as a chippy or a carpenter for somebody else. Why are you doing this for yourself? Unless you're going to do it properly. And I guess that's, you know, that's my drive is to, because it is a great opportunity if you do it well and you do it properly, but it's a massive pain in the backside if you get it wrong. Oh, I heard a saying these last couple of weeks that, you know, you work a hundred hours for yourself to avoid working <laughs> 40 hours for somebody else. I was like, actually, <laughs> actually true. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Not that I can talk. You know, we're, we're about to launch uh, the trade desk. So um, shameless plug, Annalise. But, uh, no, no, you know, shameless. Go my, for my it. My co-host and business partner, Nicole Cox, and I, we're, we've been working tirelessly, you know, burning the candle at both ends and doing all that stuff. But we've been working on this thing called the trade desk for, oh, about 10 months now. It's aimed at making, I guess, what I do with tradies and have been doing for many years as business owners, working with a mentor one-on-one making that more accessible and available to more trade business owners. And we have put so much work into it. And some days I think, man, I'm so tired. Like I've been up till 10 or 11 at night working on websites and content, figuring out, you know, 
email chains and all sorts of stuff and uploading videos and fixing things that break with technology, which drives me crazy. You know, I can't fix it with my hammer, so it frustrates me, but doing all that and... <laughs> well, I could be expensive though. My shiny new Mac here would, would uh, not respond well to the hammer treatment. And then through the day, you know, working with my clients on their businesses. So I'm out, you know, one-on-one with, uh, with tradies in business, looking at their profit and loss and their marketing and trying to help them with their sales conversion, all that sort of stuff. It's like, oh man, when, when is this actually going to get to the point where it's all just running smoothly? So I'm not immune to those same things, Annalise. So when's the launch? Trade Desk launches on the 2nd of April. So we're super close. Episode goes to air for you. But uh, yeah, yeah. So very close. Exciting. At least there's an end in sight. You know, it's okay to do the hours, I think, if you, you know, it's to pull off the project. Yeah. Whatever. Except we've already planned the next product. <laughs> so All there's right, more work wow. to do after the launch of this one. <laughs> you probably okay. know what it's like. Yeah, yeah, it's true. All right. So what exactly is your role as a tradey business coach what do you practically what do you do well what i do is i help tradies get off the tools and into true business ownership you you said that in the the well-crafted bio that um clearly i provided you with and then forgot about or you've lifted it from my website lifted it from the website (laughs) (laughs) nice work doing the research on the guest look i I think the the name that i came up with a bunch of years ago probably gives it a bit better insight into what I do and and how I do it with clients. And I was a business coach for years. You know, I worked with retail businesses, jewelry shops and bakeries and, and, uh, you know, shoe designers, child psychologists, motor mechanics, plumbers, like everything, financial planners. I worked with anybody, anybody with a business, I was a business coach for them. Right. And when I actually changed that and said, you know what, I'm tired of work. I hate working with retail businesses. It just does my head in. I don't even like retail. Well, online shopping is good for motorbike parts, but, you know, retail in general, not a big fan. So I was thinking of how do I put this across in a way that sounds less wanky than tradie business coach, right? Because tradies have a really good bullshit meter. It's what I love about my mates, right? They're just, there's no fluff. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's straight up, no BS. And so I, I, was, I actually did a LinkedIn course like it was a, it was a paid uh, how to get better at linkedin thing and uh, i was chatting to the facilitator and, and we were rewriting our profiles and he said so what do you do you know what's the essence of what you do and i said well it's like it's like business coaching for tradies but i hate the, the sound of that and he said okay well you know describe it in different words like how is it that you get results with your with your clients and i said well think of it like a wingman you know when when you were out clubbing or pubbing or whatever you had a wingman and you're at the bar and if if your mate started chatting up a, a chick or a dude or whatever and and it was like you knew that this other person was maybe not right for them for whatever reason your wingman would sort of come over and say hey man come on let's let's go watch the game or something and and save you from that mistake right I said, so it's kind of like having a wingman. And, uh, and he said, I love it. Tradie wingman. I was like, yeah, that'll do. I literally typed it into my LinkedIn profile and I got all this feedback from people saying, oh, I love the name. That's awesome. Was great change to the name. I was like, oh, well, I guess that's it then. <laughs> Done. But it is. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I'm not there doing your business for you. I'm not writing your sales scripts, although I do support people a lot with that. I mean, I've collected a lot of stuff over the years. And, and I can fast track some of the mistakes that people make and say, you know what, use this script. 80% of the time it works well. Don't stuff around with something that doesn't work. And so I'm not doing the work. It's more just that, hey, hey, don't, don't do that. That's a bad idea, right? That's silly. Or 
come and try this. This will work better. So it's just kind of helping people to, I think, shortcut some of the time it takes to learn as you go in business because business really is a whole bunch of trial and error with a whole lot of error. Yeah, okay. So yeah. how, how so, often would you meet with someone? I, I meet with people, depends what level you want to play at, but everything from once a month to once a week and everything in between. Generally, there's some pre-work for clients to do. So, you know, they have to report back before every session to say, did we do our, our actions? You know, did we complete our actions or not? And if not, why not? So that we can dig into that and actually figure out, okay, well, why are you not getting these things implemented? Because, uh, and I literally had, I'm going to share this on your podcast, Annalise. Mm-hmm. I literally had a client shared this with me the other day and I was, I was a little bit crushed actually. But so their 13 year old daughter said to them, why are you paying this guy all this money to tell you stuff when it, you can just go to YouTube and get it for free? <laughs> I was a bit like, oh, I'm not At sure 13. how to take that. <laughs> but the reality is everything that we all need to know about anything, right? how to style your own hair, how to make silver jewelry, how to, you know, replace the swivel hubs on your 80 series Land Cruiser. It's all on YouTube. And I know because I did my own Land Cruiser by watching a YouTube video, (laughs) you know, how to do a cash flow forecast, how to write a one page business plan, you name it. It's out there, right? We don't need any more information. It's all there. It's all free. And most of it, you know what, if you stick to the first two pages of the search, it's pretty good info. Right? So people don't need more information and, and learning. They need someone to basically kick them in the tail and get them to do it. And so that's what I do. I find ways to cut through the fluff and help people choose what's the best thing to do next. Now, do we always get it right? No. Uh, but by and large, the more people execute, the more of the things that, I mean, you would find the same in your business analyst. You probably know what you should be doing. It just doesn't always happen, right? It's true. So if you've got someone basically tapping you on the shoulder or poking you in the, in the breastbone saying, have you done it? Have you done it? Have you done it? Like eventually you're going to do it. Obviously there's a whole lot of education and mentoring and, you know, understanding and experience. And like, I, I, I haven't been an employee since 1999, no, 2000. So, you know, where are we now? 19 years since I was last working for somebody else. I've been working for myself for nearly 20 years. So it's like, I have a lot of experience in what works and what doesn't work. I've lost lots of money. I've done dumb things with marketing. I've employed people the wrong way. And I've seen hundreds of other business people do all of that as well. So it's like, I kind of have this, this um, privileged position of having seen a lot of stuff ups and I can just help you refine down to, okay, well, what's, what should you focus on now? That's going to give you the best bang for buck in your business and move you towards whatever it is that you want, whether that's the $20 million a year construction company or the, you know, just want to make 200 grand a year profit from doing a few sweet projects and spend a heap of time on your jet ski. Like it's just, it depends what your goals are. And I guess we just tailor what work we do with, with clients to, to fit that. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Thanks for Hopefully going that into that. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for going into that. Was. <laughs> I told you I would talk a lot. Perfect. That's what I wanted. <laughs> so what would your advice be for a builder who's looking to go out on their own? Be, so the first thing would be very clear as to 
why do you want to go out on your own? Right. And, and I don't mean the whole deep meaning of the universe kind of why that a lot of uh, business trainers and mentors and entrepreneurs and speakers and everything talk about, you know, find your why. I definitely think that stuff is very important and it's very powerful. It's a very powerful way to, to keep you aligned with what you're doing and, and have clarity on your purpose. That's all very, uh, you know, ethereal and spiritual and all that sort of stuff. But if I could catch people before they start their own business, I'd be saying, so why do you want to do this? Oh, well, you know, I'm sick of working for my boss. It's like, okay, why? What is it about that that you're sick of? Because a lot of us go into business and I did the same because I wanted the flexibility and the freedom. And I had this, you know what I had? I had this delusional idea about what business ownership meant and what the benefits were. Now they can be there, but you know what? And, and I don't know, you might disagree with me, Annalise, but business is bloody hard work. Like running your own business is hard work. It's always hard work. Even when you're big and successful and making lots of money, it's still hard work. And there is always things going wrong. There's always stuff that you can stress about. You know, the bigger you get, the more employees you have. So the more, you know, the more risks you have there. I've got, I've got a couple of big clients and one of them's going through a bit of HR stuff at the moment. That's expensive. Like the last HR hiccup they had cost them 25 grand. And, you know, this is a, this is a business owned by a guy and his wife. So that's a lot of money to them, right? Got yeah, 25 staff. But they're just the risks you open yourself up to when you have a business. Now, as a sole trader on the tools, sure, you don't have employees, but there's a lot to do. I mean, the tasks are not just doing your trade, right? That's the least of your worries. You've got bookkeeping and accounting and tax obligations, and you've got safety if you're in construction, which is a, a minefield. Uh, so you've got WHS, you know, you've got all of your marketing stuff that you've got to take care of. You've got customers that you have to keep happy, but you've got to do it in a way that they're not shafting you at the end of the job uh, because you were too busy to get written variations signed off on and then they're not going to pay for it because it's not in writing or you thought you communicated it clearly, but you didn't. And so they're like, no, you said that would be a couple grand. It's like, well, it's actually five. And they're like, well, we'll pay you a couple. And so you're carrying all of this as a business owner. It sounds so much fun, doesn't it? Oh you're really selling it. <laughs> but you know what? If you're passionate and if you're clear on, yeah, that's all good was, none of that scares me because you know what? I want to do something different to everybody else or I want to make a mark on the industry or I love, like I'm driven to deliver great quality projects to clients so that it improves their their lifestyle and their quality of life or Whatever that why is, that's, that's got to be really clear. Not, oh, I'm sick of working for my boss. I want, you know, I want to be able to do what I want when I want. It's like, you know what? You don't get to do that as a business owner. Not when you start. That's kind of, it's not what a lot of people want to hear. But I think when, you know, as employees, I think we're sold a bit of a lie about own your own business and, you know, you have all this freedom and there's pictures of people laying on the beach and driving around in nice cars and it's like, it's a crock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think I've just burst a whole bunch of people's bubbles, including yours maybe. No, no, I agree. I'm just thinking <laughs> there, there's times when, you know, we'll be at the beach during the week, but then, you know, we'll be working till midnight kind of thing. So yeah, you still definitely yeah. put in the hours. It's just the flexibility of when you, when you have your playtime. It's different. It's, it's a different yeah. way of thinking. And, and that's one of the biggest challenges that I see for 
Uh, but I think particularly trade business owners is getting out of that headspace that unless you're working hard, you're not being productive because for me nowadays, you know, compared to my dad, my dad thinks that I'm this shiny bum that sits in a nice air conditioned office. I talk on a microphone and I do typing and stuff. It's not actually that taxing. And, you know, I can get to the end of a 14 hour day and be absolutely wiped out. Like I'm so wiped out that I can't even be stuffed going to CrossFit, but I go because I know it's good for me. And it's one of my, my habits that's critical to my success. And I've worked, like I worked as a farm laborer was one of my first jobs out of school. Uh, and I did that all through university. So when I wasn't at uni, I was actually working on a farm as a laborer and, you know, getting paid, I think it was like $7.53 an hour or something to pick chocos. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, and I've labored and, and, you know, I've, I've worked on farms and stuff and I have friends with, with sheep stations and we go and help out there and, and, you know, shearing time and all that sort of stuff. So I get hard work, but it's a different kind of hard work. So 14 hours in the office is just as productive and just as much hard work as, you know, standing a frame or laying a slab or something like that. You just have to, as a, as a trade business owner, you have to look at productivity a little differently. And like you said, you know, you've also got to be willing to allow yourself the flexibility that you dreamed of when you started out, where it's like, you know what, I'm not feeling the love today. I'm going to the beach. I'm grabbing the kids. I'm grabbing the tube and we're going down to the beach and do that for three or four hours because it, it's like it won't happen spontaneously someday down the track. You won't magically wake up and someone like me or you'll hear it on a podcast or whatever will say, you've made it. You can now have the flexibility and the freedom that you always wanted. Like no yeah. message comes down from on high to tell you that, right? Then yeah. <laughs> people don't allow themselves those things. I did it for years. That's why I was burned out in my financial planning business. So the spoils are there, but they're just, they, don't, they don't look as obvious as we think they might have, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Talking in riddles. I would agree. Sorry? <laughs> I'm talking in riddles. No, you're not. I'm, 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 I'm with you. Um, cool. You cool. spoke about CrossFit and that that's a habit that's critical to your success. Is that mm. the kind of thing that you would work with your clients on, incorporating health and wellness or anything like that, other, other habits? Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, when I talked about, coming up with that name of the trading wingman, it was, I wanted it to be more than just business coaching because success in life is more than just having a good business, right? Cause you could have a fantastic business and your marriage could be in the, in the bin, right? Mm. Or you never see your kids. I've, I've got a good mate of mine who has like, he makes a ton of money, um, super successful business. He's won award after award after award. And, he is away from his family a lot, like international businessman, always traveling around the globe. Uh, you know, he's away for a week, two weeks at a time. And his downtime is really important. And he has, he has super quality downtime with the family. But, you know, my values are a little different around that. And for anyone who listens to my podcast, they probably know all of my, my backstory about my personal situation. But, you know, I prefer to build my balance in on a daily basis. So I've, wow, I've lost my train of thought, Annalise. That almost never happens. You know what I blame that on? I'm on a, I'm on a two week coffee detox and I'm 10 oh, no. days, 10 days deep into no coffee. <laughs> well done. <laughs> so uh, uh, money, I don't know. I've lost it. 
Um, that's all right. We were talking about, yeah, whether you incorporate health and wellness and, and yeah, yeah, habits. Yeah. 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 So the wingman thing, right? More than just business, right? Yeah. My mate, super successful business. He's a bit overweight, doesn't see his family much. Um, to me, that's not a well-rounded set of uh, success metrics. And so I don't make people do stuff in those areas because I can't make anybody do anything. If I could, I'd, I'd have, you know, millions of clients because I'd be this magician that just makes people change. Um, crikey, I'd do it to myself. But, uh, but yeah, I do definitely encourage people to get off the, the smokes, get off the pies, get off the sugar, um, you know, cut back on the fizzy drinks and the alcohol, um, which is a big one. And, you know, interesting approach to working with tradies like don't drink beer it's bad for you uh, <laughs> i'm not going to endear myself to too many tradies but but again it's about finding a better balance that works for people and you know if i've got a client saying to me oh i only had three hours sleep last night i'm, I'm so tired and drained and it's like okay well what's going on with your sleep why do you only sleep three hours oh i just couldn't sleep you know I, I don't sleep much at all i lie there and i'm always thinking about stuff I'm like cool so what's your pre-bed routine look like? And they're like, what? What are you talking about? I have a shower and I go to bed. And I'm like, no, no, no. Well, how do you actually prepare for sleep? And they're like, no, not getting your was. <laughs> so, you know, things like dimming the lights and reading a book for 30 minutes um, before bed, you know, ditching the screens an hour before bed, blacking out the windows at night so you get good sleep hygiene because – you know what? As business owners, we have to perform at a very high level. I mean, look at me. I lost my train of thought um, just because I've stopped coffee. But that hasn't slowed down my rate of speech though. <laughs> you just, and Lisa sitting here. Imagine you on three lattes. Jeez. This guy does not stop. No, see, I don't do dairy. <laughs> it's just black. Okay. All black. All right. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, as business owners, we have, to, we have to think about a lot of stuff. We've got to have, you know, 15 different things going on, making lots of decisions. There's a lot of stress going on. We're dealing with different people. And so you're actually asking a lot of your body and your mind as a business owner compared to many employees. And so if you want to perform at a high level, it kind of makes sense to me that you should actually tune up your machine. You know, my grandfather used to, used to race V8 speedboats back in the 60s, 50s and 60s, the old wooden boats, epic machines. I wasn't born then, but uh, photos of them are just insane. And, you know, they would spend a lot of time tuning up the motor, right? So they got the most performance out of their boat on their run. And as business owners, it's like one of the first things we do is we neglect our health and our well-being. We don't take time out for mindfulness, you know. We're putting crap food in our mouths. We're poisoning ourselves with cigarettes and alcohol. Coffee's okay, that's fine. So, you know, if, if you want to perform better and get a, a better business running, then you want the captain actually getting looked after or the, what's the female equivalent of captain? I don't know. Captain? Pretty sure it's captain. <laughs> I'm not an what, expert. What about the non-binary? Is that also captain? I have no idea. It's a universal word. These are the, these are the big questions that I like to ask people in life. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, this is going to be really good or really bad for your podcast. I, I'm not gonna make any predictions on that one be so yeah health big part of it look i just encourage people go for a walk i had a client recently it's like he said oh you know i've got all this time well all this time back he's got some time back from the work we've been doing and so he's spending more time with his kids and his wife's gone sweet i'm going to hip class so she's off doing exercise in the afternoons because he's home earlier 
And he's like, uh, what about me and my workout time? I want to get fit and get back on the water skis. And uh, he said to me, so like the only time I can really do that is at five o'clock in the morning. And I just looked at him and said, yeah, so are you getting up at five o'clock? He's like, I don't want to get up at five o'clock. Your choice, man. You've got an hour. You can go and exercise. You've got the time. What do you choose? So he started, he started getting up at five and going to the gym. Good on him. And, you know, sometimes that's all it takes is, is just that poke. You know, I didn't need to tell him that exercise was good for him. He knows that. But it's just like, well, are you going to make a BS excuse about it or get up at five and go do it, make it happen? And he feels so much better. He's out marketing more and he's feeling good about the business now. And you know, he's feeling fitter. He's, he's coaching his kids' soccer team now and running around the field and thinking, oh, I might like to have a game with the old boys. So to me, that's really, that's, that's what it's all about, you know, is I'm seeing that family actually, the kids are going to benefit from that. The marriage is going to benefit and all because of some idiot tradie wingman guy. I'm not supposed to say that actually. I got, I got in trouble for calling myself an idiot recently. Some, uh, you know, tradie wingman guy that's like, you should get up and go to the gym. It's got nothing to do with business and yet it's doing a whole bunch for his business, right? Yeah, it's amazing how much an impact exercise has. Our bodies are actually made to move. Yeah. I'm sitting in a chair right now and I don't like it. <laughs> but I got myself a sit-stand workstation, you know. I was listening to a, an audio book recently, which I do a lot of, and um, he said that this guy was saying that the optimal break time is 45 to 60 minutes. So you should never work on one thing stationary or one task for more than 45 to 60 minutes. Mm. So particularly for those of us that are inside, shiny bums, as my dad would call us, polishing chairs. You know, if you're sitting at the computer doing your book work at night at 50 minutes, get up, do a lap of the house, have a stretch, get a glass of water, shake it out and then go back to it. Because longer than that, productivity really starts to dive on those tasks. So moving our bodies is, is critical. And look, the, the science is now, there is a lot of science and it's irrefutable. Like you can't argue with the science that exercise is as effective for treating mild to moderate depression and anxiety as medication. Yeah. So, you know, there's people popping pills to make themselves feel better and all they really need to do is sign up to CrossFit and come and do some thrusters and pull-ups with me. I don't know. By the sounds of it was that maybe, maybe that's a few steps down the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've all got to start somewhere in life. You can do this thing called scaling, right? <laughs> I've tried CrossFit once in my life and I think I'll leave that to, to you guys and I'll stick to my reformer Pilates. Well, we do a bit of Pilates usually after the workout just to stretch out and, yeah. and cool down. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Each to their own, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Something's better than nothing. It's true. Mm. All right. So you talked about audio books. Are there any resources or anything like that that you would suggest to people um, either new in business or looking to go out on their own? Yes. I actually had this conversation recently in, I think it was the Tradies in Business group or it might've been the Trade Desk. I can't remember. One of our Facebook groups and someone uh, said, you know, what books do you guys recommend? It's like, how long is a piece of string? Because, you know, there's been millions of business and motivational books written, everything from marketing to sales and communication and leadership and finances and strategy and planning, you name it. There's been a book or an audio created for it, right? And so everyone has their favorites. And I guess I have some that really resonate with me. And, and I have a, a pile of books in my cupboard here that I, I give to new um, tradie wingman clients based on where I think they're at. So 
even simple books that are super old and a little bit cheesy, like the one minute manager, you know, anyone from corporate would probably be familiar with that series of books, but it's amazing how many people haven't heard of that book, you know, the one minute manager. I think uh, it's over there. Who's uh, Ken Blanchard and Spencer Johnson are the authors of that book. It's a, it's a simple little read, like it's a skinny book, big words, simple story. It's written in the form of a parable. So it's a story about, you know, Bob and Mary had a business and they did this and Bob learned that. And then Mary said this, you know, like it's pretty, it's a pretty easy read, but the principles in that I've been using for 15 years, you know, how to reprimand your staff, how to praise your staff, how to set goals for your staff. Super simple stuff. You don't need to go and read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill because if you get through the book, let me know and I'll send you a medal because it's, it's hardcore stuff, right? Brilliant book, way ahead of its time, written back in the 30s, I think. Cult following from all the entrepreneurs and, and gurus around the world. But I like books that are easy to read because, and, and short to read because it means people will read them. You know, if you read five short books in the next six months, instead of just getting through one hardcore deep book, like, you know, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance or something, then you're going to actually get exposed to more new principles. So One Minute Manager, good one. The E-Myth was an early book that I read, uh, or The E-Myth Revisited. It's It's another classic business book about, you know, going from that technician, which is tradie on the tools, through to a manager and then the entrepreneur, which is kind of like the business owner. So that's a great book. Yep. I'm an absolute groupie of Jocko Willink with uh, extreme ownership and the dichotomy of leadership. And, you know, I got military mates and, and I wanted to get into the army or something as well as being a tradie. So, you know, I kind of love that military style. That's system. why you're telling them to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Jocko's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Jocko's up at like 4.30 yeah. every day. Like, yeah. I'm up at 10 to five. I reckon that's pretty good compromise. So Jocko Willink stuff is great. If you want to know how to take ownership which is a key thing that, that people could do more of. And, and a fantastic book more recently, which is uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a You-Know-What by Mark Manson, you know? Great book. And then there's another one. So I could sit here all day and all you right. can see my bookcase. You can see my bookcase behind me, Annalisa. Your listeners can't. But another fantastic book I tripped over recently was given to me by one of my CrossFit buddies who's fairly high up investment banking called The Anatomy of Peace by the Harbinger Institute. And that is an awesome book about negotiating, about parenting, like that the concepts are sort of multifaceted in how you can apply them to life. And that they're the books that I really like. Right. And then you got, you know, seven habits of highly successful people and all the stuff that, man, I've lost track of how many books I've read and listened to over the years, but it's a lot. And, and I, I used to prescribe to my clients a book a month because that's what was prescribed to me when I started coaching. And it's a really good habit to get into. You know, I said before about bedtime routine, Mm. 30 minutes a night. It's a really good way to force yourself away from the the iPhone or the the whatever it is, the, the Samsung. You know, get yourself away from Instagram and Facebook. 30 minutes, read something, not, you know, not fiction. That's okay. But take 30 minutes a day to read even inspirational. You know, I love autobiographies and biographies. Um, you can get a lot of stuff out of them. And that 30 minutes, you do that consistently, you'd be surprised how many books you can get through. 
Now, the other thing, and the reason I love audiobooks is I don't travel so much these days because my clients are all over the country, but I still travel a little bit locally to see some legacy clients, I call them. So people that I used to see face to face and I still do because I kind of like it and I like riding my motorbike to see them. So, so I've got Bluetooth in my helmet and you know most tradies are on the road a bit. Instead of listening to Triple J or some trashy commercial radio station, stick on an audiobook. Better still, listen to a podcast like this one. Or tradies in business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I've plugged my stuff a fair bit now. So, <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're probably, there's some of them. Crikey, I could make a list of 100. I should do that, shouldn't I? I should make like my hottest 100 list of business books. Yeah, do it. And stick it on my website. Good idea. I'm going to make a note of that. It's just because you need more to do right now. Yeah, I'm just putting it on my to-do list. Perfect. Number, item number 147. Well, you know what? To-do lists are just a perpetual thing, right? You never get to the end of them. Yeah. Just need need the scroll of never-ending butcher's paper that's, you know, crossed out, keep feeding it up. Yeah. Pulling it down. And you know what? That's okay. A lot of people are like, oh, I never get to the end of my list. It's like, good. You're not meant to. If you get to the end of your list, well, you're probably dead. Yeah, absolutely. You've heard that too. I bought into that too. (laughs) (laughs) Growing or dying. I actually think it's true. I've seen a lot of businesses stagnate and slide out the back door, which is really sad because I've done a lot of hard work. What do you find that some of the biggest challenges your clients have? What do they, you know, come to you needing help with? Good question. Other than the usual things like a cash flow is crap or we can't seem to get past this level or I'm working my tail off and I'm all over the shop and I'm burned out, you know, all the usual, I guess, kind of surface level pain points. I think a lot of it just boils down to a lack of clarity. They're not clear on what to do, what's next, you know, what do I need to change to get towards this idea, this thing that I'm supposed to be aiming at. And then some of it is even when I start to dig into it with people, they're not even clear on what the hell it is they're trying to create in the first place. You know, you asked me before about what would I say to a a new business owner or someone thinking about going out on their own, you know, a young guy or or any guy or girl who's had enough of working for the man or the woman these days. You know, I I got in trouble. So here's a little segue for you. No, a side note. I I was a keynote speaker at at a conference a few years ago for a room full of virtual assistants. Now, virtual assistants tend to be women. Not going to go into the whys and the wherefores, don't really care. But I I was standing in front of a room of about 65 or 70 women from all around Australia as the keynote speaker. There was one guy up the back and he was the videographer and there was one guy up the front and I don't know what he was doing there, but he had really long hair. Um, And then me on stage, right? (laughs) Three guys, yep, got it. So I refer to a collection of humans as guys, right? Like I've coached for years and I've done lots of presenting and I've been a CrossFit coach as well. And so when when I'm trying to get people's attention, I'm like, okay, guys, listen in, listen in, we're going to get started. All right, thanks, guys. It's just one of those things and it's pretty, it's a bit old school and I think, you know, the Americans are very similar with that. And there was a woman up the front who interrupted my keynote about three minutes in and actually basically had a chop at me because I was referring to women as guys. It just like absolutely killed the energy in the room. Right? <laughs> anyway, I managed to make a joke out of it and 
took the mickey out of myself and we moved on. It was all good. And I had so many women coming up to me after my keynote in the break saying, oh, I'm so sorry for that lady. She does that. She is so critical of everybody and everything. It's like, don't worry about it. Everybody says, guys, it doesn't mean anything. It's not gender specific. I'm like, it's okay. I'm okay. <laughs> anyway. You know, I've had the exact same experience. You have? Yeah. In a past life, I'm a vocational trainer and ah, um, yeah. was training a, a room full of, of women. And uh-huh. yeah, same. I just, I call them guys, you know, and, mm. and I got the cut down as well. I was like, no way. okay, now for the next two days, because I think it was a two or three day workshop. I was like, man, I can't say, I'm like, ah, this is like, it's <laughs> habit. It's so ingrained. I get, hi, everybody. Like, it was yeah, yeah. Okay, like, people. Yeah. I had to I had to try and think of a word I could put in place and think fast enough. It really threw me off my game. But just as a woman, I don't you know, I don't actually give a crap, but apparently no. like I just think now Some we're so we have a decent amount of equality, which I guess is controversial, but I just think now that, you know, men or guys or whatever is kind of collective yeah. in my head anyway. Yeah. Oh, look, like so many things with humanity, we, we let the pendulum swing too far the other way. Exactly. And I can see a lot of pendulums that have swung way, way out <laughs> into the never, never at the moment in the world. And uh, I just, I wonder what the heck it's going to be like for my seven-year-old daughter when she's 25 and in the workforce and, you know, just kind of freaks me out a little bit, but uh, it's one of the reasons I do what I do. You know, I, I hope to improve family dynamics and, you know, reduce a bit of stress in, in families and parents and for business owners, you know, doing what I do. So yeah, who knows? Anyway, guys, back to, uh, <laughs> is that, is that part of the impact that you were looking to have starting out as a business coach? Oh, absolutely. One of my big things. So when I was financial planning, I was, I was working with lots of small business owners because I, where I used to live and, and where I grew up was on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. So, you know, everyone would be like, oh, wow, poor, poor you. I actually moved to uh, the Darling Downs and, and I prefer it up here because there's less people and um, better internet. So uh, <laughs> I can run a bigger business from home. Uh, but no, I love the Darling Downs. I love the bush. Um, I've got friends out on stations, as I said, and, and I love getting away on my bike or with the, the camper trailer and the, and the missus. My frustration as a financial planner was trying to help people pay off their houses and, and you know, save for retirement and all that sort of stuff. And I kept getting this, this pushback on, Warwick, you don't understand. Like, we don't have any more cash flow we can put into investing. That's why we're coming to see you. And I'm like, well, if you don't have money to invest, I can't give you any advice. Uh, pay off your mortgage faster. You know, can you draw more from your business? And they're like, uh, they'd look at me like I was an idiot. Like, no. What are you, stupid? I'm like, well, then there's really not a lot you can do. We're just playing around the edges. And it used to really frustrate me. And I thought, how come these people can't draw more money from their business? Meanwhile, me, Bozo, sitting there working 60 hours a week, you know, making like, sometimes less than some of my financial planners who were signing, you know, lots of new plans and getting paid commissions. I'm like, okay, there's something wrong with this picture. So business coaching was partly to get to the source of the money. Cause like Australia is predominantly small to medium businesses, right? That with a, with the biggest taxpayer base, uh, with the biggest voter base and, and ironically so much of the media stuff is about hating on businesses. And yet without, business owners in this country, 
the tax revenue would be a, a fraction of what it is and nobody would get the free medical and the free roads and, you know, the free schooling and the free parks and beaches and all the other stuff that we enjoy in this country. If it wasn't for business owners who also employ something like, I can't remember the exact numbers, but 70 or 80% of the workforce. So, you know, I was kind of like, well, that's the source of the, of the money and that's therefore the source of the problem. So that was part of my reason. The, the reason to work with tradies is obviously, you know, dad was tradie, all that sort of stuff. But I'm looking at my dad now, not right now, because he's not sitting in front of me. Probably think I was just skiving off if he was. But my dad's 75. He busted his tail all his life. Never had much money. You know, we had a great childhood, but op shop clothes as kids, uh, you know, push bikes from the tip all that sort of stuff. Didn't have a lot of new things, single income family. Dad found it really hard to get work. He never learned about marketing. He never knew about finances and pricing and all that stuff. He just worked really hard and he did a good job. And, you know, he's old school, like did all their own joinery and electrical and plumbing and bricklaying and everything on the house that they built in the seventies that I grew up in. And so, you know, right now my dad's 75, he turned 76 this year, I think. Um, no, 77 this year, 77 this year, he's, they've given him, you know, 12 months to live. They don't know what's wrong with him. He's got lung disease. He's on an oxygen bottle and like dad had guns. I remember as a kid, you know, when dad was in his forties, he was a bit older when I was born, but he always had guns, you know, he had big arms and he was always strong and it's only a little fella, but he was super strong and powerful and fast. And I look at him now and he's like this shell of a man. They've got no money, um, no super. And it's a pretty dim picture. And you know what? I see a lot of people headed for the same outcome in business, just working their tail off, no clear plan, no clear idea about why they're doing it, what their goals are how they're going to get to this magic, magical, mythical end point, which for a lot of people is not having any super and retiring on an age pension, which I can tell you, that's what my mum and dad have been on for years. That's not retirement, that's survival. And I don't, I don't want people to end up like that because that's really crap for the kids involved as well. You know, the kids that are being given everything, they got the iPads and the, you know, the Playstations and the private schooling. And, you know, we give our kids everything because we don't want them to suffer. But as a business owner, at some point, that money's going to stop and the kids are going to have to figure out how to make their own money. And I just, I think there's a lot of people that are headed for a bit of a rude surprise. And I'd like to, I'd like to be a part of interrupting that and changing that cycle. It's a pretty good why I was. I did say having a, a good why can be a very powerful motivator. Well, you need something to keep you going through all the, you know, the hundred hours. Yeah. And you know what? It, it doesn't, I mean, I get stressed and tired like anybody else. I'm human, but it doesn't bother me doing that stuff. I actually, I'm on a mission. We're on a mission from God. Um, I'm, I, I do feel like I'm on a mission, right? I have this work to do and I, and I want to solve this problem for the world. And that's why the Tradies in Business group and the Trade Desk is being created because like I'm not touching enough people, right? I can only work with so many people one-on-one and I love the work that I do with them, but it's, it's fleeting, you know, it's, it's 12 to 24 months at a time and then they go off and do their own thing and some of them go on with it. Sadly, a lot of them don't. And I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm in my mid forties. It's like, I'm running out of time. I got to get to more people. I want, I want a thousand tradies that I'm working with at a time, not 
20, right? So, so I, I feel very spurred on by that. So how and can people get, find you? Look, the best place to go would be just go to Tradies in Business anywhere, right? Tradies in Business on Facebook, Tradies in Business on Instagram, tradiesinbusiness.com.au is the website. Um, you'll find out all about the podcast and the blog and the trade desk and me and my, uh, my co-host and uh, fellow idiotic partner in crime, Coxie, as I call her, Nicole Cox, um, who is a builder's wife and a blogger. She's been a, a highly awarded blogger. Um, she has like 5,000 subscribers to her blog. Uh, so yeah, tradies and business is where it's at. Um, my gig nowadays, the tradie wingman, that's sort of, that's for the people who are really ready for change. And that sounds a bit, you know, I sound like a bit of a wanker, I guess when I say that, but I only want to work one-on-one with people who are ready for that because to be honest, I don't think I was ready for that in my business when I put a coach on, um, it was a bit of a shock. But uh, especially the bill, uh, <laughs> and I don't charge that much. But yeah, tradies and business is where it's at. We got free downloads and all sorts of cool stuff, and uh, we just love talking to people, love chatting to people on Facebook. And I can't help myself; I love doing selfie videos and you know ranting about customer service and don't do this with your marketing people. So you know you can get lots of free info from me in that way. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, thank you so much, Was. I really appreciate your perspective and your insight and I think, it, I think it's really valuable. So thanks for everything that you're doing. Well, there you go. Another one done and dusted. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that's got you thinking and that you can put some things into action that will move the needle in your business. If you're feeling the love, please rate, review and subscribe. If you need some help implementing... We can help you DIY your marketing through our marketing mentor program. Or if you'd rather not think about it and have someone else get the leads in, email us for a free strategy at hello at custombuildmarketing.com. Bye. Catch you next time. See you later. Just one second before you go. If we're only mates here on the podcast, come and join the crew in our free Facebook group, Home Builder and Tradie Marketing. Or just hop on over to custombuildmarketing.com forward slash group and it'll take you right there. See you later.